Welcome to the 374th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who continues to make the word hello last for way too goddamn long, despite all evidence to the contrary that he should be doing that, and agreeing with the fact that I need to stop yelling hello for so long as my co-host, Matt. I mean, it just goes on so long. It's like <laughs> war and peace over here. <laughs> I aged. I aged, motherfucker. <laughs> can you imagine you if doing? I can hold out the word hello as long as it takes to actually read War and Peace? You'd die. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be like 60 fucking hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. And especially if it's me reading War and Peace, you dead within the first page. <laughs> yeah, because you'd be backing it up like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what's going on in this? Holy shit. Did I move? <laughs> what am I reading? As I promised Matt all these many years ago, he finally gets to do a Star Wars knockoff movie. I hate you. I really hate you. <laughs> you're the fucking worst. You're not a good you're not a good friend. I'm just telling you that right now. Well, there were times when you're like, "Hey, can we do a Star Wars movie?" and I said, "Yes, we can do a Star Wars knockoff movie." You're you're being mean. And and you know you're being mean right now. <laughs> this is not the kind of show that really covers Lucas-style material. This is the kind of show that covers the type of material that rips Lucas off. I, I mean, but why can't it be the type of thing that shows that material because i like that i want some <laughs> lucas material why can't i have it <laughs> that's not the show that's not what the show is designed for it's not star wars it's cinema psyops man yeah, but i mean we've done other movies we could do a star a real star wars not all that other shit <laughs> someday i may give you the holiday special from the 70s that was made for tv what i mean i'll take it but why hmm because Life Day is very important and underappreciated. Motherfucker, why can't you just give me Star Wars? People don't listen to this show for you to be happy, Matt. They don't listen to the show for you to, like, really enjoy what we're doing and to find it entertaining. They want to hear you discuss things that make you extremely uncomfortable. Ain't that the fucking truth? I mean, goddamn. <laughs> That's what the show is designed for. That's what the audience has come to expect. And if I give you what you want and I make you happy, no one on this God's green earth that actually enjoys the show will like it anymore. No, they won't. It, you know what? That makes me. F hey, fuck you, fans. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay so this week we are talking about the star wars knockoff movie star crash yes yes so yes. it was also heralded as a 70s uh space opera like you know that yeah that space thing. opera yeah they kind of tried to make it like that um most people refer to this or consider this a cash-in or you know i use the term knockoff because anytime the italians or whoever does this it doesn't matter who it is whoever does this where they take all the major plot points and they find a way to rework them and just change things just enough and make it just different enough to where it's not legally actionable that's what i call a knockoff basically yeah the italians yeah. were really good at that uh roger corman did that a ton as well and oddly enough this is an italian film that was released by roger corman's new world pictures so like this has just got knockoff pedigree all over it and i don't I, mean that as a derogatory thing because you can do a ripoff movie like this or a knockoff movie or a cash in and you could do it really well and actually make it super fucking entertaining you can do that and still kind of get away with it you know i don't think so oh come on we had a lot of fun with some of those really bad corman movies that were like knockoffs of aliens that we did like a while back all right well that's true i just i think there's 
they're hitting a little too close to home for me. <laughs> well, this is Luigi Cosi, who also did his own edit of a Godzilla film that got released overseas for a little while, by the way. Like the Holy existing Jesus. Godzilla, and he re-edited it, yeah. I think it's called. I think that's called the Cozilla, because Cozy is his last name, Cozilla, uh-huh. or what have you. Now, Star Crash is 100% a blatant, almost line-for-line ripoff of the original Star Wars. Or as yeah, Matt right? would like to refer to it, A New Hope. Yeah, oh God, you're an asshole. You don't want to refer to that as A New Hope? It's A New Hope, yeah, I know. Okay, well, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I was just saying that's how you would uh, probably prefer to refer to it. I, I do, actually, yes. It's A New Hope. Yeah, that was it's me, actually. Four. To, this is the funny thing about us at Star Wars. Like, even when I'm trying to be nice about Star Wars to you, you, you get pissed off and automatically assume that I am fucking with you. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I take my Star Wars fandom pretty fucking seriously. Well, you went head-to-head with uh, Chris from Outside the Cinema on that Star Wars trivia thing, and you actually yeah. impressed the guys from Outside the Cinema and how much you knew. And yeah, I, mean, I know more about the Star Wars story and less about, like, the backstage stuff, and that's where I got beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you did excellent. I think there was, like, one question you couldn't answer, and that's the only reason why you didn't win. You yeah. Know? That's it. That's just that one question, basically. And losing to Chris by one question is impressive, if anybody's ever heard Chris's knowledge of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, your your fandom and your love of Star Wars is not in question here. And right. <laughs> when I said how you would prefer to refer to it as a new hope, that was actually me actually trying to be, you know, giving you some props and uh, polite and all that. But apparently well, I'm just not capable of that shit. Well, no, you are. And now I feel better. So, all right. <laughs> so now let's uh, reframe this Star Crash discussion a little bit more. Back in the day when we used to do the bring your own cinematic trauma and then uh, we would have people on and then they would suggest another movie that they'd like to talk about that you know not necessarily with cinematic trauma but let's just say with something that uh you know had something you know a major story with their childhood or something we would just kind of reframe it as well it's not cinematic trauma but you know clearly the movies affected you star crash was actually on the list for a fellow podcaster named ryan who used to do uh, a podcast i can't find it online anywhere so yeah anyway so the, he, was, anyway. he was a fellow podcaster and his name was ryan and he had some health issues so we put covering star crash with him on hold for quite a few years actually um mm-hmm. and then sometime after the pandemic i went looking for ryan and i can't find him anywhere online he's kind of disappeared um, wow. not on facebook or anything like that and i knew he was having health issues before the pandemic i don't want to assume the worst so if you're out there yeah. ryan i'm sorry i didn't wait for you to reach out to me again to cover star crash but it's time it's been years <laughs> it's been years yeah. we're, we're covering it now and if worst case scenario is what I'm thinking it is if uh, he is no longer with us then I'm going to dedicate this episode and the goofing back and forth that we've been doing and the extra little bit of extra torturing and gaslighting I've been doing to Matt so far this episode I'd like to dedicate that to Ryan's memory if he's no longer with us but if you are with us Ryan reach out to me if you still listen to the show my man it'd be nice gaslighting is it real and you made it all up it's all in your head (laughs) I actually demonstrated how gaslighting works to my wife like as like a sort of us goofing around yeah you know what I mean and mm-hmm. even just doing that, like where I was just kind of like just playfully doing it made me feel icky. Really, really. Yeah, icky. dude. Yeah. Even just being a joke, it, it feels gross to do. If it doesn't feel gross to you whenever you try to reshape yeah. someone's perception of reality, you're a bad person. Yeah, you really are. You are. Uh, you have some work to do on yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get into the review of Star Crash. Let's talk about the Star Wars knockoff movie. Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ. 
And to Honor Star Crash this week, all of the songs on the Pirate Radio Edit will be featuring something having to do with space, the final frontier, or spaceships, or something along those lines. But up first, we're going to have the Kevin intro and the Patreon giveaway that happens every now and then, and how to get yourself uh, set up on that, and the Legion Patreon ad. And then right after this, we're going to have Devo with Space Jump. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Space Junk on the Pirate Radio Edit for everyone. And so it's not necessarily a song that takes place in space. It's a song about what happens when things that are in space land on Earth and kill you while doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what it may feel like for the listeners whenever they hear us talk about Star Crash. <laughs> Star Crash, it's this a Star Crash. Nothing like Star Wars, but cold <laughs> enough. 
Enough, you'll be fine, but you won't. Oh shit! All right. Well, we start Star Crash with guess what? A big fucking ship, and it just slowly goes across the street, and you're like, "Hey, what's this all about?" Right? I thought I recognized the various pieces of toys that were available in 1978 that were yeah. glued to the bottom of the cardboard that made the ship. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't recognize shit. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw pieces of Micronauts, is all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Um, all right, so anyway, uh, they're coming up on a planet, and you can tell it's this whole fucking group that's supposed to be on the ship, and all of a sudden they get attacked by redness. They, that, that's the, literally, they get attacked by redness. It's a thing. They get attacked by it's rednecks? Redness. <laughs> rednecks, that, space rednecks, that would have been the show. It's a thing. <laughs> all right, I don't know if there are such a thing as space rednecks, but I do believe that rednecks could exist anywhere, including outer space. It's just a matter of getting them out there. Yeah. And so, Agreed. yeah, I mean, uh, being attacked by rednecks in space is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it's 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 horrific to think about. But anyway, this is just the color red. They were attacked by it. And uh, so, you know, there you go. That felt a little bit like an homage to Forbidden Planet because that creature is kind of reddish whenever it appears that energy being that sweeps across the planet is kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of seemed okay. So. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> The effects are cheap. They are 100% obvious in their nature, but at the same time, it has this playful fun, like it's a kid making a backyard fan film about Star Wars, but rewriting it to fit whatever he wants. That's basically what Luigi Cozy yeah. did in this. And I'm kind of okay with it because the spirit of fun and the, I'm just going to do the best that I can. And if it doesn't turn out perfect, whatever is it permeates in this film. It really does. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's absolutely fucking terrible, but it's having such a good time being awful that it's kind of infectious. Yeah. I mean, good times. So uh, a couple of escape pods get out and the ship is destroyed. So then we cut to two peeps. They're flying around the galaxy. It's a woman her named Stella and a dude whose name's Acton. So anyway, the space cops come for them. Literally, they're space cops. So there's that. The um, the police? I'm going to stop all my guns because cops don't help you. That's that's a fact. All cops are bumbling dummies. Especially space cops. <laughs> they uh, reach uh, hyperspace and it seems to escape the uh, the space cop. And they come out and they find a ship just kind of floating there. And they, it's one of the escape pods. Then they go inside. They find a person in there. They're alive. And then the space cops find them and arrest them. They go... Uh, before what is a floating head with tentacles and uh that's apparently the judge and they are both sentenced to over 200 years of hard labor well we follow stella to her hard labor camp and apparently she also has to wear the least amount of clothing for this compared to everyone else who's working there do you recognize so, that actress from anything i i recognize her but i don't know from what but i know i've seen her okay that is caroline monroe she was a bond girl she was in a ton well she was in a hammer film well, actually two or three hammer films that i can think off the top of my head and uh, a couple of the like sinbad movies uh the original maniac with joe spinell who was also in this film 
and you know just like a bunch of other stuff that i can't really think of off the top of my head but she was really well known because she was obviously this ravishing beauty in the 70s and everybody was like obsessed with her for that more than anything else because like most of the film appearances for a little while were just film appearances and then she became an actress over time essentially i think she started as a model and then turned actress is what i'm getting at she is attractive oh yeah absolutely beautiful now while you may say that there is some kind of nefarious reason as to why she's always dressed in that i am just basically going to straight out tell you they knew the kind of movie that they had and they needed to have carolyn monroe in a leather bikini to keep you watching it at all times oh yeah i'm just saying it's it's funny in in the movie context she is the only one in this leather bikini anyway yeah it's not funny to me it's um let me put it this way the only reason to keep watching yeah uh so anyway uh the fight uh so anyway she and then she's like i can't keep doing this i'll die so then she attempts an escape with others there's a big like laser battle and shit like that she's able to escape and a ship lands she gets on the ship and on there are the two space cops a robot called l and an alien called thor a robot called l who has a southern west texas accent for no no reason yeah yeah southern accent yeah yeah southern that's our redneck Texas in space <laughs> yeah rednecks in space when they come to attack you it's scary yeah um they're like hey you're we came to get you because you know your sentence has been canceled and you are being picked up for an important mission from the emperor they basically escape from new york her where she doesn't have yeah. to go to prison so long as she goes and rescues the president but carolyn Monroe's leather bikini does not care about your president or your country or your emperor or anything else like that <laughs> um she then they visit another person and they get edcon back so uh you know to help him out then they get a message from the emperor they need to destroy zar or, you know, Count Zarth. They need to destroy the machinery that's on his home planet, but they have to find that planet first and also maybe save his son who's on one of the escape pods. And that's the end of the first 20 minutes. It's important to note that this machinery that is like this thing that can destroy planets is so large. It requires a machinery to be so large that it must be housed inside of a planet. It's um sort of like a satellite of death or a um like like roughly like a star of death that that they they have created here. But no one knows for sure what it is because it's a disguised star of death with this machinery yeah. that can destroy planets. It's a, almost like what you would say maybe like a death star yeah or something yeah if you wanted to be vulgar about it you could say death star. vulgar yeah vulgar motherfucker <laughs> uh so stella is stella star is always 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 in this leather bikini even her space outfits are designed in such a way as to let you always see the bikini yeah <laughs> your space her ridiculous space helmets as well uh again the effects in this you're supposed to buy a guy as an alien because he's bald-headed and slightly painted green in some scenes but not in all yeah 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 but <laughs> You know, hey, it's, it's all right, I guess. Yeah, and um, it's, it's a far, far away planet galaxy where this southern, like, accent that almost, southern or almost West Texas-y sounding accent robot is like, <laughs> Dagom, I'm gonna save you! <laughs> Basically, da- Dagom! <laughs> like how he talks. Uh, you dipstick. Yeah. Good lord. Ross, it's... We got we got robot Roscoe P. Coltrane around here. <laughs> geek, geek. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Geek, geek, geek. 
That is it, yeah. Okay, uh, one of the things I need to bring up before we move on here is the guy who's playing Atcon or whatever it is, the, the curly-haired guy in the like leather bondage outfit, like that we're not even going to go into the details on that. Yeah. <laughs> Other than it looks like a trash bag with like some red leather taped over top of it, and then the trash bag mm. just gets tightened around his waist. Yeah, that's, that's about what it looks like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like his suit looks really fucking cheap. I was waiting to see like if they get in close enough to where it was like red duct tape or some shit like that that they made it out of you know yeah right jesus christ but the actor who is playing that character is uh marjo gortner now that name probably won't be all that familiar to you but marjo gortner is actually well known because he's a former evangelist preacher and he turned into an actor huh. he actually uh exposed the revival circuit for the money grubbing scheme that it actually is and also pentecostal preaching just in general he created his own um behind the scenes documentary and he became a major part Part of it um, and basically exposed that and so basically ruined his life as a preacher but was moving on from it anyway as well he's when he was like four years old, his parents basically forced him to become a minister. Like he got like his minister license and actually at four performed sermons because he was like this wonderkind kind of guy where when he was that young, he was really eloquent and well-spoken and was very, very intelligent. But his parents also were reading the story that I read about it. Let's just say they were abusive as fuck where they would force him to practice this stuff to make sure that he would be so good for performing and basically child labored a four-year-old into pretending to be a preacher for the amazement of it because they knew it would rake in the cash and it did um basically he got his family about three million dollars through the course of his early childhood from the work that he was doing like that and so when he became an adult he tried to go away from it but he would um like be a beach bum living off all of the money that he would make during half the year and then the other half the year he'd be touring the, the pentecostal circuit basically like riling up all the troops for religion and everything like that raking in all of the cash and then go back to beach bumming it on that cash that he made and eventually his conscience got the better of him and that's why he made the documentary huh well how about that yeah um that pretty much ruined his career so he became an actor showed up in a few things did a lot of fucking tv and uh, one of his more major roles was this film Huh. Star Crash as Atragon. So that guy has had quite a fucking life. And I gave everyone a huge brief overview. Like I condensed a lot of stuff down. Marjo Gortner has an am amazing life story that is just unbelievable. Like the things that he's been through. So just wanted to yeah. bring that up because it's not really something to talk about because it would make the review go dead right smack in the middle of it. That's why I figured that would be a good thing to use for the 20 minutes. And I'm done. Let's go. All right, man. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for the uh, knowledge there. Hey, the show's kind of coming back to form because we got something a little bit more to talk about. The actors in this are absolutely more fascinating and, you know, we've got stuff to sink our teeth into. Yeah. All right. So the next 20 minutes starts out with uh, uh, the group finds one of the planets and that, uh, that a ship has crash landed on. So Stella and Elle, they go check it out and some Amazonians ride up. Uh, and they kind of, you know, they walk with them. And then we cut to a woman saying that she's going to get her revenge and she's going to kill. Uh, then as they're walking, uh, some more Amazonians, with the Amazonians, the robot, L is shot. And Stella is taken hostage after a brief fight with, uh, some of the other Amazonians. And that's a pretty cool fight scene. I found it really quite stimulating and had to go back and watch it again just to verify that I was seeing what I thought I was seeing. They get control and the Amazon leader, she comes out and says that Zarth, you know, already has control of the planet. They thought they may be far enough away and that the people shouldn't have come there. Uh, they're going to use like a mind machine on her. 
but of course our robot friend Al comes back. He's just fine. Blasts a couple and they are able to escape. This establishes a pattern of Stella that I find a little disheartening and not quite enjoyable. They keep fridging her or getting her captured and tied up and in bondage, which I'm I'm okay with seeing that. But what I don't like is that a man always has to come in and save her or a male robot. Like at every uh, at, uh, you can't you know, that is a robot, not a man. That is just a robot. But this establishes a pattern where she is not capable of really bussing herself out completely right. of anything. For that, all right, I get you. But you can't call that robot a man because it is just a robot. He comments on her body later like a man. Well, that's um, the, the robot has uh, some bad circuiting there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all stuff that they actually do say in the movie. All I'm getting at is this establishes a pattern that we'll see that gets much worse in how it takes away her agency as a interdimensional, like, traveling swashbuckler. I guess is what she's supposed to be. I don't even fucking know what she's supposed to be, but pirate smuggler, right? Like she's a smuggler or like, you know, some kind of like, um, well-known intergalactic, like villain of some sort, not villain, but like anti-hero, like criminal of some sort. And yet she's constantly being saved by everybody around her at all times. It's kind of a bummer because she's supposed to be the main person that we follow through the whole of the film. Yeah. It's for the times. Yeah. That's just kind of what we're going to get. Yeah. It's not any different than like Barbarella or some shit like that. You're right. I'll shut up and we can move on. All right. Uh, yeah, that soapbox you were pretty high up on. Um, so <laughs> it anyway, just bugged me watching it this time is all. They uh, they run, and then the Amazon, she sends a big, giant robot with uh, with boobs to uh, after him. So th- <laughs> that was weird. And the robot kind of separates them, but, you know, it's attacking them. And then Akon and Thor show up with the ship, blast the big robot, and they're able to escape. Once again, saved uh, by men. And Okay. And as they're on there, they said they found the information they needed, and they found the th- that the other launch is what they call the escape pods. They call them launches. Are all is on the third planet, a ice planet, uh, a Hoffy planet, if you will. So uh, they uh, again, L and uh, L, L and uh, uh, Stella go out, and they are on the frozen planet, and they find the crash site. However, there are no survivors. Was so Empire Stella, even out at the time, or did they kind of? Uh... Dude, th- I believe this went. What, what year did this? Nineteen seventy-eight. No, man, this is right after uh, uh, Star Wars. Then, yeah, Star Wars came out in seventy-seven. So did I don't think did Lucas take note of this and go? Well, I think I'm going to keep that ice planet for uh, the next film. He maybe he did. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this isn't such a Star Wars knockoff film after all. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> don't don't come on. Fuck off. <laughs> Just it's coming. You know what's coming. Oh, so what, so what you're saying is a completely pl- a planet made completely of ice is not all that original and creative in the sci-fi world. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is definitely a ripoff, and you'll know why later on in the movie. You <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> wow, the claws are out. <laughs> well, you fucking don't shit on Star Wars. <laughs> no, just Lucas and his ideas. That's all. Well, I mean, listen, he had the idea to get all the rights to Star Wars from Fox, and Fox let him do it. Can't be that dumb. <laughs> I just meant his writing. I mean, he's very much no. business savvy. I mean, he is the toy boy. God damn, you are mean now. Look at you with the claws coming out. Jesus. <laughs> you bring it out of me, my man. <laughs> <laughs> man, what's wrong with you? All right. Uh, you leave poor George Lucas alone. God damn. He's anything but poor, thanks to the fact that he's the toy boy. We all enjoy those toys, by the way, Dick. I had Anyhow. some, too. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Edcon's uh, back on the ship. And he's kind of talking to the computer, and then he gets attacked by Thor. And we see then Thor calls Zarth, and Thor's working with 
Zarth, uh, and he was getting ready to leave the planet, but then the ship won't leave. Uh, the engines are failing, and the computer doesn't know why. Uh, the two, uh, Stella and Elle get back to the ship, but Thor tells them, hey, go fuck yourselves. Uh, you're gonna die out there when the sun goes down, cause it'll get too cold. Uh, and that's the whole plan. Uh, see you later, dipshits. So Elle's like, hey, listen, I can save you, Stella. Just lay down, hold my hand, and, uh, my energy will keep you alive. Uh, they have a nice little moment, and then, uh, the snow pretty much covers them as night comes in. Uh, Thor's getting a pretty good dressing down from, uh, Zarth about not being able to get the ship going. When all of a sudden Atcon pops back up, they have a fight. All of a sudden Atcon's eyes start lighting up and he's able to do Superman fighting. And then, uh, Thor fires lasers at him and he re- takes the lasers, repels him and kills Thor. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. Looks like this smuggler is also, for some odd reason, some kind of magical, mystical space wizard. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. What a brilliant idea. I wonder where they got that from. God, I wish I could think of stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, so they watched Forbidden Fortress and then said, what if we just gave them this thing that's made out of light and then we can uh, pretty much just make them space wizards with samurai powers? Yeah, yeah, that's what they watched, I'm sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. Space Fortress, you asshole. (laughs) Forbidden Fortress. Forbidden Fortress, asshole. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Dude, that's actually what was influencing Star Wars. Don't be an asshole. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I'm not into it. I'm not into hearing you fucking around with Star Wars today. (laughs) Wow. No, no, seriously. It was something that Lucas quotes as like an influence on the original Star Wars was Hidden Fortress or whatever I think it's called. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Sorry. (laughs) It's been a rough morning. It's it's okay. I am still bagging on Lucas and Star Wars just indirectly by bagging on this movie and then saying the same thing. Yeah. So your righteous anger is correct, sir, for this 20-minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> I like knowing my anger's just fine. <laughs> we can move on. I don't have anything else to add. All right. Well, Acton then calls Stella, and he can't get anybody up, but we see a robot hand come out of the ground. Like, hey, I'm here. What's up? Uh, Acton and uh, uh, L they carry a very frozen Stella back in. Acton they literally uses- put her in a freezer, man. Yep. And Adcon uh, uses his powers and defrosts her. So, you know, good good for her. Space wizard. Um, <clears throat> yeah, space wizard, pretty much. Uh, and then they're like, well, the ship can't launch, you know, so we're having one problem for another. And Adcon's like, ah, the ship will launch. He, he took a piece to make sure that it would only work for him. That's like Hartnell-style Doctor Who, who, and he always fucks with the fluid link or says that there's something wrong with the fluid link because he wants to explore where they're at and nobody else does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So something must be wrong. (laughs) So, um, and everything Akon talks about is destiny. So, anywho, uh, they decide to head to this other planet and they get attacked by the red beam, just like from before. But Atka, while it's burning out Stella and uh, L, Atka's able to steer them out of it, and they survive it. They get to that planet, and L and go, Stella go to check out the crash landing. We see someone in a weird mask is watching them. Well, they find the third ship, no survivors, and as L is checking it out, Stella gets attacked by cavemen. L tries to 
you help, but is destroyed by the cavemen after they bash him to pieces, and Stella is taken. Before they can eat her, which is what it seems like they're getting ready to do, the dude in the mask who we saw earlier watching them shows up and shoots lasers out of his eyes, killing a couple of the the cavemen and the rest run. He saves Stella, and we see it's a very young David Hasselhoff, and his name is Simon. Well, <laughs> Every time I see David Hasselhoff now, all I picture is him yeah. laying on his fucking bathroom floor eating the cheeseburger drunk off his right. ass. Oh, God, this kid filming it. That's that's a weird relationship right there. It was this kid desperately trying to give his father a wake-up call with his problems, that's all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then we got our hands on it for us all to enjoy. Yeah, still. Woo. So anyway, he says how they couldn't find the planet either, and probably all is lost because, you know, there's not enough time and Zars will be able to launch his main weapon. Uh, the cavemen find them, so they go running and they're trying to fight, and right, it seems like the caveman's gonna overtake them. Atcon shows up with a fucking lightsaber. Uh, that was a saber of light. Yeah, it was a fucking lightsaber. What the fuck are you talking about? It was a saber of light. It was a sword that was like a laser sword. Uh-huh. What are you doing over here? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> I'm just saying it's just a saber of light. Yeah, shut up. All right. <laughs> Don't say lightsaber. It's so vulgar. What? It's elegant. It's an elegant weapon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a civilized weapon for a more elegant age. So he destroys a lot of the cavemen with the lightsaber and saves those two. And then he tells them both, hey, this is the planet. This is the planet where it has the machine that they have to destroy. So they find the control room where all the red beams are made. And all of a sudden the guards show up and two other robots with Zarth. Uh, he states the planet will explode in an hour, and he's already radioed the Emperor to come because his son is there, and we find out Simon is the Emperor's son, and he goes, once the Emperor gets here, the planet will explode and everyone will die. Uh, so he leaves the group with two robot guards, uh, Acton fights him with his lightsaber, and then he gets injured, and Simon fights him, and then Adcon pushes one of the robots into a machine, and it destroys them. And that ends that 20 minutes before we go into the final 30. So Joe Spinell shows up, everybody, and he Joe is... Joe Spinell, yeah. There, I thought I recognized him. Yeah. Some... Joe Spinell shows up, everybody, and he is like a Count Dracula-looking Darth Vader knockoff. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. He's weird. rocking that Just fake without goatee. The mask. He is. He is. Really rocking he's, that fake goatee. He's living it, man. And he works that cape like a fucking theater actor from the 50s, dude. He's all over that place just it, flailing it out and making it really flamboyantly move about. It's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And his evil laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Joe he really Spinell, does work the whole fucking thing. He shows up like at the very tail end of this movie. Like we get like maybe 50-ish minutes with him on screen and he pretty much steals every fucking scene he's in <laughs> yeah right even if he just walks into frame you're like constantly staring at him and you don't give a fuck about anything else that's going on like you i really don't i am sad to admit it but i stopped looking at carolyn monroe in her leather bikini when joe spinell was on screen well I, I i don't know if i'd go that far but have you noticed that this entire film just seems like a random happenstance of occurrences that just all of a sudden Marjo Gordner's character is like, hey, by the way, this is where we were meant to be all along because this is destiny. Like they have, yeah, yeah. there's no fucking story. They literally are just stumbling about from planet to planet and hoping for the best. Stella almost dies every fucking where they go. Somebody saves her at the last fucking minute. And then Marjo Gordner's character, Acton, is like, oh, we were meant to do this because now we know we need to go this direction. And it's like, yeah, this, yeah. 
this guy knows everything anyway. He's a fucking space wizard who can predict the future but refuses to do anything about it because it's technically illegal, but they're fucking smugglers and criminals anyway? What? Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not exactly sure what uh what's kind of happening around here. Right. And then he starts talking about how like destiny can't be denied, and that's a better tack to say than that line where he says it like the time travel thing or trying to, you know, change what happens when you know what's gonna happen in the future. Being a legal thing doesn't make any sense. But like his space wizard powers fluctuate and change depending upon what they need in the story, where he is literally just the plot device of the movie. Just yeah. like all fucking space wizards are, where like they just all all of a sudden can do something magical that they need to be able to do at that exact moment to save the day. Just like those true space wizards, man. It's just same thing here. You know, he's like a plot. Yeah, device. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely a plot device. Well, pretty much all wizards are, whether they're the wizards in space or whatever. They conveniently get what they need or the spell that they need at just the right moment to save the day when all hope is lost. You know, even in the fucking Hobbit world, that's that's what fucking happens with the wizards yeah yeah right <laughs> and so you're like well at least they don't have to go into a fucking trip uh so- yeah you you described everything that has happened on screen but you have yet to tell me the story of this film because i would submit to you that it's so far it does not fucking exist yeah there is no real story here no it's random happenstance and just planet yeah. hopping and just they just so happen to be headed in the right direction and it's so heavy on the lingo and terminology that they're trying to obscure the fact that they're just kind of talking about space, but not really with just like throwing in their own lingo and, and units of measure. Like time is in categories, but we don't know what a category of time is equivalent to, to have any notion of what the fuck is even going on. You know, like at least some sci-fi, they will like tell you like, you know, like a blaster or a lightsaber or, you know, you get those ideas and then you you travel a, uh, a, a certain set distance in a fewer amount of parsecs you know like that that's when things start to get confusing because that's not the unit of measure it parsec is a distance not a, a unit of time so how can you shave off a, a distance even though solo tried to tell us how they were able to do that anyway yeah <laughs> It's a parsec, god damn it. <laughs> anyway, let's 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 wrap this uh, whole entire thing up in that um the space wizard stuff never normally makes sense anyway. Just like high fantasy stuff usually because you don't have a frame of reference to really know what's going on and you have to take their word for it. And if they don't yeah. take the time to explain their world and their fucking lingo, you're just as fucking lost as you are while watching this movie. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then you got to wonder what the hell's going on around here. <laughs> The one thing that at least Empire definitely did was explain everything that you were kind of getting on screen and bring you into yeah. the world and make more sense. The original Star Wars didn't do that. The original Star Wars did suffer from this same kind of like overly lingo, didn't really want to explain things and just like hope that you would just go along for the ride. Empire. I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> okay, fine. But Empire actually at least did bring you in and helped, you know, grow the world a little bit better, I think, you know, than, than the original Star Wars did. This film, yeah. this film really just doesn't even bother is all i'm saying (laughs) it just it just doesn't make any fucking sense at all and if you wanted to make some fucking sense you really shouldn't have rented this film or or checked it out or anything like that because it is 100 an italian star wars knockoff movie yeah well it it is definitely uh yeah it is definitely that Uh, you uh that's all you're getting man uh, <laughs> right. Like if you were expecting this thing to make sense when you, yeah. you saw the name Luigi Cozy, although it's uh, credited as Lewis Coates because they tried to anglicize it to make it sell in America better here. 
in New World Pictures. Like, I can't. The reviews for this when it were released were really bad. Like, like yeah, it was. I understand why, man. This is not well put together. Right, <laughs> right. But it's become a cult classic because of this sense of fun, and that's the thing that I said earlier. And even though I'm bagging on this movie a little bit and taking pot shots at Lucas and hiding behind this movie while I'm doing it, uh, the the thing that this movie does really well is it permeates this feeling of fun, like that you can tell that they're while they're having. Even the actors seem like they're in on it and are just having yeah. a good old time. Like they know this is like just this cheap weirdo film and they're kind of probably hoping nobody ever sees it, but it looks like they're having a blast while they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone seems to be having a lot of fun. I want to point out to the robots that are stop motion animated that we're going to see coming up later on. And then the one with the breast that we saw earlier, they looked like, uh, or the one with the breast definitely looked like it might've been a Micronaut way, way back in the day. Cause it had some of the same joints that uh, later got used in uh, the GI Joe figures with the elbows and stuff. And I think some of the Micronauts yeah. figures did have those bending elbows, but it looked to me like a GI Joe figure that was just painted silver with extra shit glued to it. Essentially was like that type of toy that was animated, right? It did <laughs> Look, did it look like a toy to you that they just animated as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely all they look like. Yeah. The other, all, all the robots. Yeah. The other robots were like wire framed armatures that they just sort of painted to look more robotic. Um, yeah. But they were basically like, if you see what's underneath the Harryhausen monsters, those armatures that he made, that's basically what they were. Just dressed up just a little bit, you know, like the other two yeah. robots we see later on that do some lightsaber fighting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's just go ahead and finish this movie off but seriously it is dumb fun and if you if you approach it with it, it, that it's in mind, a decent well, well we'll get into all that at the end yeah but i at this point i know that i've been bagging on it quite a bit but it is still really dumb fun it really it truly is. is we can move on yeah that i mean you're you're right um all right so the emperor's ship gets there and we see that Acton has been mortally wounded, and he sends the other two away and says he'll stay behind, and then he fades away. Uh, the Emperor and his men show up, and they're like, hey, we gotta get out of here, uh, but there's no time. And the Emperor's like, ah, I, you know, I have these powers, powers too. And he has the Emperor's ship, his own ship, stop time, the flow of time for three minutes. What? So everyone's <laughs> able to get away. Yeah. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, he's like, uh, mother ship, stop the flow of time. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. you use this earlier? <laughs> if, I mean, if this is a technology that you possess, why did you not use this earlier? Yeah. It seems like it would be very simple to use that. <laughs> the planet's about to explode. Oh, no problem. We just invented this thing. No, we've had this all along. Stop the flow of time. Yeah. What? Huh? No, halt the flow of time, right? Is what halt he says. Flow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We can move on. I'm sorry. I just, that every time I watch this movie, I'm like, really? That is the biggest fucking plot device you've yet to do, movie. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big plot hole there. <laughs> so, but. Uh, so they all get away and the planet explodes and the emperor said that it's time to attack. And then we see Zarth, he's all talking to his people about how he's going to be the new emperor. And we get a big space battle, lots of ships, uh, shooting each other. They send troops. Uh, the emperor sends his troops to the Zart ship. They break in there and they start a battle. And it's a big back and forth battle that gets going. Um, nah, however, Zars men are able to repel their attackers and they're able to defeat them. And it seems now all could be lost. Dun, dun, dun. All the pew, pew, pewing is not going so well. Someone no, has to pew- use the farce. They have to use all, the farce. 
Yeah, the, the, oh, there's there's the poo pooing has not uh, done well for anybody here uh, on the emperor's <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah, and uh, somehow the emperor's the good person in this film. Wait, what? Yes, yes, the emperor's a good guy. I, I don't know why you don't get this. So uh, anyway, <laughs> Zar says they're going to send the doom machine to the emperor's home world, and that will destroy it, the central planet, and then that will destroy the emperor's control. All seems lost, and there's only one thing left. They're going to do a star crash they said the name of the movie so you can do a star crash uh, in a fourth dimensional attack and they're going to use the floating city to ram into zarth's mothership uh we see zarth getting the doom machine ready and then stella and simon they're flying they get to this floating city that has already been evacuated she'll guide the city and then Simon will pick her up when she like has to leave the city after it crashes. <laughs> Seriously, their major plan is let's fly a space city into his ship and we'll just crash it. And they call it Star Crash. Yeah, exactly. That's that's your plan. Like it's, right. it's like it's this major ingenious plan that requires a name like Star Crash when really all they're doing is just kamikaze a fucking city into his ship. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem right. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll just, when you start trying to apply logic to this movie, you're just going to cause yourself pain. So just stop court yeah. and let's move on. Yeah. 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 Let's cause next thing you're going to want to know is what a parsec is. So anyway, um, I could look that up. They, they get into it and, uh, Simon's like, well, I'm going to let, not going to let you go in there alone. And all of a sudden he brings out a rebuilt L who is rebuilt and back. So he's going to go, uh, with, uh, with, uh, Stella, um, they get into the city and they use it and they have it and they get past all the ships and they get it to Zarf's home ship and everyone else is evacuating. Zarf stays there. They crash the city into Zarf's ship, killing him. Those two flood out to space and Simon picks them up. Uh, as they celebrate, the Emperor says they have won and they can finally rest. Roll credits. Okay, so a parsec is a unit of length used to measure the large distances <laughs> to astronomical objects outside of the solar system, approximately equal to 3.26 light years. So it's a okay. unit of distances. So how can he go in 12 parsecs where other people took 13 or 14 or whatever, you know, the, the where 12 is the impressive number? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a unit of distance in its measure. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> once again, if you start trying to apply logic to these uh, space wizard shows it just doesn't just doesn't go there so don't don't do it yeah yeah just don't even try it you're gonna be all right uh <laughs> where where there is a wizard apply yeah. no logic exactly especially space wizards yeah. <laughs> all right so the movie is definitely a fun watch this is like the fourth time i think i have watched star crash um since knowing about it uh it is again it just dumb fun uh if, yeah. if you're gonna go into this movie hoping to see carolyn monroe in a bikini for the bulk of the runtime have i got a film for you you know what i mean like that's that's basically the draw of this movie some of the lightsaber battle work that they're trying to do is like old school pirate swashbuckler and yeah kind yeah of, it really is and there's some fun moments in there marjo gortner does some really cool acrobatic work here and there and jumps around um david hasselhoff is sacrificing his body on screen for your entertainment and a couple of things because he'll do some of those crazy flips and fights and things like that uh christopher Plummer shows up and just tries to class the join up but just kind of oozes himself around screen a little yeah, bit yeah, pretty much <laughs> joe spinell steals literally 
literally every scene he's in, and if they just cut to him for a second, you miss him when he's gone. Yeah, and you're sad when he's not there. <laughs> right, especially with that badass fucking goatee. He looks like a Ming the Merciless crossed with Darth Vader in this, kind of, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Really does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for 1978 and being one of the earlier fucking straight up knockoffs of Star Wars, man, this has a lot going for it that's going to make it fun for you to watch. But it's not good. I'm not saying it's good. I would never no, say it's good. it's not good. good, but it's awesome to riff on. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was an MST3K episode, and I'm sure it's a thumping good one, too. I bet they oh, have a yeah, blast with it's it. It's got to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a fun watch. It is entertaining enough on its own to where you can, it keeps your attention. And if it's not entertaining and it doesn't keep your attention, you can't look away because you're afraid you might miss seeing Carolyn Monroe in the bikini. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's also true. They're yeah. really banking on that, by the way. That's why I keep stressing They really it. are. They are, they are really <laughs> put that out there. But it is dumb fun. It really is. Uh, it is dumb fun. Yeah. The, the pew-pewing stuff, the effects are laughable, but it just mm-hmm. has this feeling of, you know, they knew what they were making when they made it, and they just were trying to make it as best as they possibly could. It doesn't have an ounce of pretense of trying to pretend like it's more than what it is. Not a single person on screen is taking this as serious as you would for a film that, like, you know, are, is trying to pretend to be something that it's not. You know, even, Chris, yeah. even Christopher Plummer, who I would argue is the one who is playing it the straightest in this like where he's trying to really bring the gravitas to his like every role that he's in Christopher Plummer always tries to give this sort of you know gravitas to his role and be more um, like not necessarily overbearing but like he tries to be a very serious presence and really give it his all and like he takes all of his roles extremely serious and you can see that in this movie as well I think he's the only one that's not in on the joke really but like the way he's doing it feels like he's giving it his all because he is in the joke you know where he's like or he knows it's cornball but he's just gonna go just enough over the top to make it work or he's like you know what fucking i'm a i'm a goddamn professional i'm gonna you know yeah it's just probably a piece of shit sure but i'm gonna act in it just fine anyway (laughs) right it's amazing it's just amazing to me all these like disparaging components that should not work together and everything that i've actually bitched about is actually something that i would put in the favorable column for making this enjoyable at the same time where true it, it really is it's just it's just a fun watch that you know while you're watching you're like this is fucking terrible but man was this really a blast to make you can tell yeah yeah that must they must have had a good time with that one (laughs) (laughs) absolutely because it definitely comes probably in the editing room laughing their balls off while doing this oh my god can you believe we're doing this no i think the editors were probably not having any fun trying to put this film together i'm talking about the people filming it had a blast Oh, I'm still thinking the editors had a good time. Like, ah, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Clearly, you've never done any film editing because it's never I a guess, good time. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, we just went over an hour with the review and everything. So why don't we do a quick PSYOP news and uh, get us the fuck out of here and on with our days. Word up. All right, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the band Murder by Death and their song Space. And we'll have some PSYOP news right after this.
That was Murder by Death with the song Space and a very gloomy, dark view of space that uh, fits right in with like a 2001 A Space Odyssey. There you go. (laughs) Well, open up the Bombay doors for our audience and give them some psyop news. This one uh, comes from our main man, Robert, out on the field. Oh, our main man, Robert. He must have an incredibly long penis. Yeah. 84-year-old man has a message for vandals who keep fornicating with his woman-shaped shrub. It's going to cost you some serious cock. (laughs) I mean, maybe, but uh, all right. This won't be the most relatable news story you read today. At least we hope it won't be. A British man issued a plea to his community to please, for the sake of decency and art, stop humping his shrub. Afraid of vaginas? Keith Tesson has been maintaining Gloria since 2010. Once you see her, you understand why he's having problems keeping drunken lots off his property. Vagina smells like dead body. The not infrequent encounters with random strangers is problematic for multiple reasons. On the one hand, the noise made by fornicating with his hedge wakes the elderly man up in the middle of the night. I'm taking another dick. But even worse is the havoc it wreaks a glorious figure. Someone will squeeze the breasts, explains Tyson, so that will damage it. Coming and that's me. And that's far from the most absurd quote in from this story. So let's waste no more time before taking a glance at Gloria's sultry figure, hearing a bit more about her story from the elderly caretaker, and seeing the predictably hilarious reactions from Twitter. Okay, okay, so this shrub has people fucking it, like squeezing yes. her boobs and everything. Is it just yes. people pretending to hump it, like for I don't think, a shot? I think people get on there and they fuck it. I think they, they get on there and they fuck it. All right, like how lonely are you if you're fucking a shrub, right? And how many drinks yeah. do you have to have before you go fuck a shrub? I mean, and and he he even has pearls on this lady. There's pictures. Yeah, I've seen I've seen how well the shrub yeah. is carved up. But I tell you what, I'm not gonna want to fuck it. Yeah, I don't want to fuck a shrub. I mean, I, well, I mean, I, it, it, that's a better clip than it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to dicks. All right, let's go back to the story. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, it, this is kind of a weird article, even though it's MSN.com, you can tell it's written more of an opinion piece. The, one of our favorites, uh, quotes, uh, is in the original interview. It quote, she'd been manipulated in the night by some drunken lout. And I thought she looked rather despair, uh, despairing. So, uh, oh, so he took this white plastic, white, uh, the, this plastic white string of beads and put it around her neck to boost her morale, Keith says. I mean, yes, so, we're looking for titties, but we want those titties wrapped in a heavy plot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's a lot of like, uh, Twitter, uh, fucking comments about this shit. So, uh, they said Gloria might be the traditional figurehead for a woman's right movement, but she's a good example. Uh, but the Jokers far outnumber those taking the situation seriously, of course, on Twitter. So everybody's going kind of... Uh, Dude finally uh, gets hard, so now it's time to plow. But they are doing the blaming the shrub. One guy's like, hey, if Keith didn't want this shrub to get all this attention, uh, he could have shaped it a different way. How about people just stop humping shit? <laughs> 
could, could that happen? Well, stop humping things against their will. See, this is yeah. this is where it's this, this is kind of weird, right? Because uh, it's an inanimate object, so okay, but it's an object that belongs to somebody else. Like if this was an old dude who was getting in trouble for fucking his own shrub in the privacy of his own home, then I would have an issue with this, and I would take umbrage with people like getting on his case for fucking a shrub. Because if yeah, that's but what he's he wants, not right, it's that's other people, right? It's his shrub. He fucking owns it. The shrub doesn't know what's happening. You know, no. it's a fucking inanimate. Like it's, yes, it's a plant. Yes, it's a living plant. But the plant doesn't doesn't be humping shit outside. Yeah, right. Like it's somebody else's property that is being fucked yeah <laughs> and that is wrong <laughs> that is very wrong right so wrong right and the idea is that men are so confused about consent they even start fucking shrubs against their will because they're sexy and that's really problematic right there like where are we going as men in this world because it's starting to really concern me i don't think we're going anywhere that we haven't already been matt i think it's just that our attention has finally been brought to it on just how awful men can be i mean Ugh. they're out there they're fucking a dude shrub because it got them hot and was asking for it is essentially what they're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And if you look at some of the Twitter comments, that's basically what's going on. But Twitter is like what used to be YouTube comments, where that is where discourse goes to fucking die. Essentially, yeah, well, of course, Twitter is hell. <laughs> it's, it's so don't don't ever try to do anything on Twitter because you're it will end up just being the worst. Twitter is essentially the YouTube comments of social media. Yeah, well, yeah. I- <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. Jesus. <laughs> right. That's kind of why I left it, because the only thing that was valuable yeah. there was the porn. And you know what? I don't need Twitter for porn. I have other ways of getting it. Yeah, there's other there's other ways of doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So <laughs> if, if you're out there looking at some dude shrub who he's trimmed in a very erotic manner to look like a sexy lady, and you're thinking yeah. to yourself that you need to go take care of it because that shrub is just asking for it, I think it's time that you start getting some fucking counseling. Now, I can understand yeah. like like being super, super drunk and knowing that it's stupid and doing something like that, but that's still like, I mean, you're hanging it out in public. That is like... Like a sex offense basically pretty yeah if you get caught in public doing that you're you're on the list yeah it's not like it used to be like in like the late 70s where Dahmer got caught jerking off at a county fair because he was drunk and didn't realize what he was doing yeah oh man and yeah <laughs> and and he just like, oh he, yeah he got a misdemeanor fine and then they let him go yeah Boys will be boys, you know. <laughs> right. You start doing that shit now and you're going to get on a sex offenders list as, you know, it, it kind of makes as sense. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, fucking some dude shrub is essentially the same thing. That is a sex offense. That is a sex related offense that you were doing. If you get arrested doing that, you have fucked your life up to stick your dick in a shrub. What the fuck are you thinking? <sighs> I don't think they're thinking much. No, that no. If, part of the problem. Yeah, if you're fucking a shrub, you're clearly not thinking very well at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. It's all bad. <laughs> Do you know what's in the shrub, Matt? Uh, like pointy things, right? All kinds of things you don't want on your day. Yeah. <laughs> pointy sticks, leaves, bark for the branches that, you know, make yeah. the shrub what it is. Bugs. What about bugs? Bugs live in there. Various animals of all sorts live in there. And if there's an open hole that's big enough to stuff a dick, I guarantee you some kind of a chipmunk might be trying to live in there. Yeah. Like, you got to really think before you start doing something this dumb, like sticking your dick in a shrub. 
Yeah, exactly. All, all of this is fucking clips. I can't believe I have to give this life <laughs> advice out to people. I know. It's like, it, you didn't think that that was going to be necessary to say, but every week on this show, I figure, wow, things are things I never thought were necessary are becoming very necessary to talk about. Yeah. So the moral of the story is, A, don't put your dick anywhere it's not invited. And yeah. B, don't put your dick in a shrub because Jesus Christ, there's all sorts of stuff in there that's dangerous for there's, you. Yeah, it's bad for you. It's not good. (laughs) You do that. You put your dick in a shrub. It's going to cost you some serious cock. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. That's a a fact. You're you're just, you're taking your own life into your hands by putting your dick in a shrub. You're in simple. Yeah. Yeah. Pure and simple is right. (laughs) I'm not trying to pad out the show to get it to a runtime of, you know, over an hour and 10 something. Over an hour. But I mean, yeah, of course not. Uh, I would never do that. Never. Penises shouldn't go in shrubs. That is, uh, that's a rule. I think that's a general rule that everyone should follow. Yeah, uh, soft flesh should probably stay away from pointy branches and yeah. rough bark. And I know a lot of people are going to tell us, you know, stop telling us what to do with our bodies. But we're not really telling you what to do. We're just trying to guide you into a, a better way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I want you to know that before you stick your dick in that shrub, A, yeah. make sure that it's yours and you're allowed to do it. And then yeah. B, beware of things living in that shrub because there yeah, is going to be all kinds of things you don't want on your day in that shrub. And by, and by the way, if, if for some goddamn reason, something goes bad with you in that shrub, don't come complain to us about it. Don't be like, oh, feel bad for me because we won't because <laughs> we tried to warn you. Did we just become the internet's dads with this speech? I, I think we did. I think, I think we just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I find that really disturbing, and we need to get the fuck out of this episode right now. Let's so go, let's get out of here. With that, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo, and then right after that, we're going to have the kinks with Supersonic Rocket Ship on the Pirate Radio Edit. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
So that was the Kinks, or is the Kinks still, I should say, with Super Sonic Rocket Ship on the yeah, Pirate nice. Radio edit. Yeah, all of the Kinks music is what you would define as nice, my man. You would probably yeah. take everything from them. I'm sure you've heard plenty of their songs and didn't even realize it because it just music's not really your bag as much. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> uh, if I had to guess, yes, you're right. <laughs> of course, I'm always right. It's just easier for you to say yes, Corey. Oh, you're right. All right, settle it down now, there, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to find the previous 373 instances where Court was, in fact, always right and Matt was always in denial about it, that's available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. What do, I feel, what do I feel like I'm being gaslit right now? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just something that's all in your head because no one out here is trying to gaslight you, Matt. Uh, no, this feels like gaslighting now. If you'd like to discuss with Matt how that is definitely not gaslighting and it's all just in his head and no one's really against him on this show, you can reach out to us at the Legion Discord chat where occasionally he's there whenever he has the time and it's okay for him to be there. Then he'll show yeah. up. But I'm okay. <laughs> Although right now, if he's thinking that Cord is not always right, he's definitely not okay. Wait, 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 what? One of the places that you can definitely feel okay is our Instagram feed, where I will share memes <laughs> thrice daily during the working day, during the working hours on my shift, directly at cinema underscore psyops right there. And then it's shared directly to the Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, as well as the Cinema Psyops page, and then directly to my main feed or timeline or whatever you want to call it there on Facebook as Court Psyops. There you go. If you would like to write up an email mansplaining how I am actually not gaslighting Matt because he's fully aware of it for the bit, you can reach out to me at cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, although that will probably just not get read because yeah, I don't wait, I, mean, I don't want to be mansplained. Yeah, I don't want to get mansplained. Don't do that. That's fucking... Learn how the show works. Well, while you're out there wondering what the fuck is going on, who the fuck is listening, and why anybody even <laughs> gives a shit about this show anymore, kick the fuck out of this weekend, make it your thing. Start recording on your side. I am doing so. One, two, three. All right. Awesome. So next week we have... I'm back in the bunker. (laughs) Yay, bunker time. (laughs) But no clips still, right? No clips, though. No. All right. So next week we have the three movies that we got to do, and I'm going to be doing the notes for all three of them. So do you just want to maybe start earlier in the morning, or when are you going to be able to watch all three of them? I'll get them watched all week. So yeah, if I don't have to do the notes, then yeah, we can just start earlier in the morning. Okay. Um, I will try and have the notes done for all three of them. I will have the notes done for all three of them by Sunday morning. 
morning then. Right. And uh, I'll just basically wake up, get my shit together, and uh, you know, do max shot, and then just kind of message you, see where you're at, and then we'll start as early as possible to get that knocked out. And then after that, I'll be doing two weeks in a row for notes. Right. You'll see it on the schedule, and then we'll we'll start yeah. we'll start splitting after that, after the three week mark, basically. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a break there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it really <laughs> helped. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked about it last week, but I cut it out of the episode because it seemed a little too dour for you know. <laughs> a little a little too uh, a little too real. <laughs> right, a little too real. Well, and also it was just kind of boring logistics stuff that was like yeah. it was like two minutes worth of us talking. No big deal. Anyway, uh, Star Crash this week. Uh, yes. Time to do a Star Wars knockoff movies. Ugh, yeah, we did a stupid Star Wars, not the real Star Wars. <laughs> it's a knockoff. <laughs> Goddamn horrible. <laughs> Here we go. Let's get it going. All right. I have to play the intro so I know which version to do when I edit it in. Hey, everyone. Three, two, one. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell. Three, two, one. You still with me just to make sure? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't have it anymore. Damn it. I was going to do the space truckers thing, but I don't have it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well. Our world knows nothing but pain and suffering now. <laughs> um, Stella is taken hostage after a brief fight with uh, some of the other Amazonians, and that's a pretty cool fight scene. I found it really quite stimulating and had to go back and watch it again just to verify that I was seeing what I thought I was seeing. And again, and again, and again. Just like in uh, the JFK movie, Back into the Left. Yeah. Back, back into the left. To the left. Back into the left. <laughs> okay, we can move on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Where is it? Uh, Fuck, I lost it. <laughs> oh, okay. Three, two, one. While you're out there wondering what the fuck is going on, who the fuck is listening, and why anybody even <laughs> gives a shit about this show anymore, kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bitch. <laughs> oh, and I have stopped recording.